talk salad and scrambled eggs. I'm Matt Myra. Hey, man, I'm Kevin Smith, and I will make up for the lack of energy in that intro. <laughs> Wait, Good Lord. I didn't think that was you were, so now you were like, hey, everybody, I'm Matt. <laughs> were you about to deliver a report to eighth grade that you were completely unsure? Sometimes I forget which podcast I'm doing. I <laughs> yeah, thought I was you've got to modulate I, your levels. I thought I was just doing the one about my wife and I trying to have a kid through IVF. <laughs> That sounded more like your Star Trek pod. Oh, did it? That was your Star Trek voice. You're like, let's consider the brilliance of Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> this is Talk Sal and Scramble Eggs, folks. The only podcast that we know of where we give unasked for commentary tracks for every episode of Frasier ever made. And today, we have a special friend back with us for the first part of a two-parter that will start here on Talk Sal and Scramble Eggs and go over to what is the name of your podcast? Hollywood and Levine. Listen to that. It's a genius. Name. It's a genius name. Was it, part of you doing that name to make... Oh, this is Ken Levine. And Ken Levine yeah. is back with his ladies. Hi, everybody. Uh, Wake up. But yeah. I was driving and I was thinking about the name of that podcast and I was like, is this just so no one says Levine anymore? <laughs> well, no, I think... Uh, my father called us Levine just so that I could do this podcast <laughs> years later. One day you'll need this, son. Yeah. No, the way it works, because there are a lot of people who call themselves Levine, is that east of the Mississippi, where the real Jews are, it's Levine. <laughs> and then west of the Mississippi, I believe I remember that song from Davy Crockett. East of the Mississippi, where the <laughs> yeah. real Jews are. That's right. He fought a bear. Um, the, uh, we bought a bear. We bought- <laughs> 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 um, Ken, we, in a recent episode, we want to run this past you as, as the only guy in the room with bona fides from the actual show that we talk about. It's true. We came up with inadvertently a spinoff. Okay. To Pitch him Roz. Eddie. No, <laughs> but that was first. We tried to work it. Uh, so here's the premise for yes. the show. We said, well, Kevin accidentally said the words Roswell together. And I said, that would be amazing if we did a show called Roswell. I'm going to grab water. You keep going. Go ahead. (laughs) Here's the deal. Uh, Roz, who we know and love, has uh, moved to New Mexico and taken a job at a a tiny radio station with a very low signal. Uh, the, The person running the radio station is Bulldog Briscoe. Gives her a show. But she has to take over for this guy who used to field all these calls about UFOs and conspiracy theories. Okay. So the premise of Roswell is that we sort of take everything we loved about the X-Files and everything we loved about Frasier and throw it together where Roz, the premise of Roz's show is that Roz will get to the bottom of these mysteries. So she's there. And the Roz will prevail in general. Yes. Okay. The of title course. is very up uh, with Roz. Uh, Roz's daughter, of course, is now high school aged. Uh, and she's maybe gone the way of a Fraser Crane. She A feat. Very, uh-huh. very, uh, oh, mom, you're embarrassing me. Roz doesn't quite know how to relate. She's going through that. She's also dating. Bulldog works at the station. Bulldog, Bulldog's a station manager, Kev. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bulldog, of course, still trying to sleep with Roz. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, we just would like you to say, "Let's do it." Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send send me a script. <laughs> I I wonder if, in addition to seeing their first aliens, yes. they see their first gay person there too. <laughs> <laughs> You've instantly improved the show. Yeah. Um, it, no, it's a, that's a good her. idea. She was really great. On that show, oh, yeah, yeah, she really was was great on that show. And in a world where like there's a new season of Will and Grace, and it looks like they're doing Roseanne again, yeah, 
crazy. I give that three episodes before that implodes. Explain. Yeah. You, you got inside info. You no, in no, no info other than, you know, she's out of her fucking mind. Is uh, that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, God, everyone looks so old. You see the trailer for that thing and everyone looks so old. And you just figure it was such chaos when they were making the original one that uh, was it chaos the whole run uh, of the show? Uh, most of the run of the show yeah where yeah. were you she when had so was going on i was uh, let's see that was what the i was either on cheers or fraser so did yeah. you hear like you got oh yeah shot oh yeah Paramount. oh yeah i mean apparently i mean writers would come and go with such a revolving door that roseanne didn't want to actually learn the names of any of the writers so that they would come down to a run-through and they would have to wear signs with numbers no yeah that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's apparently a true story. And Roseanne and I got into Josh a... Josh Whedon was one of those writers. Yeah. He number yeah, he was six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was six. And Roseanne and I got into a um, into a blog war. When? A few years ago. So long <laughs> yeah. after the show and she's online. Is this no, during the Roseanne's she, nuts period? Well, it's it's the Roseanne nuts period has been that's since 1968. But, <laughs> but the point is... She, uh, there was an article that she wrote in New York Magazine that she mm. probably had somebody write for her, where she was saying how Matt Williams, the creator of the show, stole her idea, right. and woe is me, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. So people asked me for my blog to comment on it. And I commented and said, hey, you know, uh, you worked with him uh, you have gotten all the credit. The show is in your name. Uh, yeah. It's not like you're exactly left out of this process, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And then she had a blog at the time and just wrote a blistering email, a bis- bo- blog post, you know, uh, you. yo, yeah, you know, calling me an asshat. Ooh, an asshat. <laughs> I'm an asshat. You're having an asshat on your podcast. You might want to rethink it. Uh, and you're just like ripping into me and saying how I was terrible to women writers uh, and no knowledge whatsoever. She might as well be the president. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then she, you know, she, I defy any of the writers. Uh, women writers on Ken Levine shows to come forward and talk about how terrible it was working for him. And then like six or seven women writers who worked for me, you know, said, yeah, he was like my mentor and helped me out and, you know, let me go home at night when I had a baby and and stuff like that. And and apparently this like made the LA Times did a thing about it and uh, USA Today. So I will not be asked to write on the Roseanne show. <laughs> do you think, I mean, are, will they do something like, let's pull together a writer's room? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. They'll pull together a yeah. new writer's room and uh, good luck to those. I mean, that's just combat pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck the, to them. The Will and Grace reboot, probably not as fraught with peril. No, I don't think so. And the originators of the show uh-huh. uh, are going to be back overseeing it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that will just be, if you're a Will and Grace fan right. and you don't mind the fact that they look way older, uh, <laughs> then then you'll probably enjoy it. Do you think anyone cares? Do you think that's a factor with people that, like, man, they look older? Um like we coming maybe, off of maybe, maybe, a Force Awakens generation where everyone's like, oh, okay, that's what. No, Mark you know what? Like if, you, if, 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 if you, looks if like you watch that show and you were real young yourself and 
now 15 years go by and you're older and more mature and you look a lot better than you did then, then that's nah, not going to bother you. You're my age, you go, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> look at how old they got. What happened to me? I can't look in a mirror. What happened to me? Uh, maybe that's part of the schadenfreude. Is it schadenfreude? schadenfreude? How do you say schadenfreude. it? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. To tune in and be like, I look better than the Will and Grace people. That's where the ratings <laughs> yeah. would come in. I have more hair than Deborah Messing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Deborah Messing. I walked in on my, uh, this is going to sound sexier than it is. I walked in on my in-laws watching the new Dirty Dancing, the one that was on ABC. Right. Did anybody see it? No, I've heard uh, that it's not great. No. I walked that's in during so the Don't Put Baby in the Corner moment. Uh-huh. So I was there from that forward. And at one point, Deborah Messing and her husband, who was played by what's his fuck, the guy from Star Trek who played Captain Pike. Oh, you know that. Had a Klingon play. <laughs> supposed to be Jewish. <laughs> Admiral Pike. Apple right, Pike from, from what's, the new series. Yeah, Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. There so he go. was the dad. He was the Lenny Briscoe part. Uh huh. Jerry Orbach, and then Deborah Messing was the mom. And they started singing to each other about having the time of their life. Now, granted, the whole thing was like a musical version of it. Uh, so other people sang, then sang in the movie. And some people in the movie didn't. I don't think of that movie as a musical. No. They just had a lot of music in it. But at the end of it, after the whole like, you know, we had the time of our life and you pull back and everyone dancing, they cut to like fucking 10 years later. And it's a show that Johnny is choreographing and he he's now he became a Broadway choreographer and baby has gone to see the show uh-huh. and they have an awkward me. I swear I ain't making this up. I thought I was high. If it's it 10 happened. years later, did baby get a nose job? No, <laughs> it's, well, she had a body job completely. Yeah. It was what's her name? Anna, Abigail Breslin. So she didn't even look like baby. And, She's got a kid. Like at one point, the kid is next to her, and you're like, "Is that Johnny's kid?" But then all of a sudden, she introduces her husband. It is such a like you know fucking Auld Lang Syne version of Dirty Dancing, bittersweet but uh, misbegotten to say the least, and fascinating because you're like, "This is not how this fucking goes." And then I looked at Twitter, and apparently everyone else who was live uh-huh. w- watching it live felt the same way that it was like, "Why would you?" Do I this? don't think it did well in the ratings, did it? Yeah, I don't think it no, did well anyone? in the ratings. No stunt, and that yeah. was the idea, right? Stunt it up and get people yeah. to tune in. Yeah. Well, ABC makes You fuckers sense. missed. I watched 10 minutes of it and it captivated me for eight. And I was, <laughs> and I was, you know, gave me shit to talk about, current affairs. Apparently too current for this fucking group. Well, hey. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't, we can't be expected to watch things recently. It's true. Good point. We're, we're, we're a look back podcast. <laughs> Nostalgia. I, I would have been very surprised if I had gotten an email from Kevin Smith saying, watch Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even think if I had a credit on it, would I be sending that email? What, uh, what do you watch, sir? Is it hard or easy for you to watch TV comedy? Like, do you sit there? You know, people always go like, how do you watch to me? They're like, how do you watch a movie without like judging? I'm like, are you kidding me? I can barely make a movie myself. So I don't go to the movies <laughs> and watch other people's shit and be like, they're doing it wrong. But for somebody who's written comedy for so long, is it easy to watch a sitcom or are you like, oh, no, you know, I love to be entertained by a sitcom. I love to laugh at sitcoms. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of really good ones out there these days. There's fantastic dramas. Right. There's also a lot of humor. I get a lot of laughs out of the dramas. I mean, I'll I'll watch Better Call Saul and get more laughs 
than I do from most sitcoms. Intentional laughs, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the show you're working on is is really good, uh, Matt. The, the Goldbergs. This is a very funny show. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of comedy shows. They go for shows. it. They actually try to Yeah, a be lot funny. of comedy shows don't try to be funny. No. You know, they, they try to be ironic and quirky, and the best you're going to get are smiles. What's and, the gold standard right now for you? They're like the one show, like they're doing it right. Um. Do you have to say Modern Family because you know all those No, guys? I have to say Kevin can wait because my daughter and her <laughs> husband work on it. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's classic. Good call. Com- Good dad. Because I like my daughter working. There you go. You know? Smart, yeah. 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 She's happy when she's working. So they're doing it right. Yeah. They're move doing it right. Not, they're wait. not going to move back home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in New York, right? They have to, yeah, yeah, they, that they have out to move to New York. Yeah. We're not in the city. That'd be fun. No. He shoots it. Yeah, the no. They, yeah, they're in uh, Beth Page, Long Island, wow. which is like somebody coming out here saying, "Hey, you're doing a show in Hollywood, and you have to go out to Valencia, <laughs> Magic Mountain." <laughs> you know, and why? Well, the, the star lives very close to Magic. Yeah, Mountain. yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. He built the studio with his own. Kevin money? James built the studio. Yeah, with his own money. As no, with CBS's well, I mean, money. With, I'm sure yeah. he didn't put all of the money in. Wow, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, career wise, <laughs> goddamn it. Uh, you watching Veep? Yes, I do watch. You Veep. like Veep? I, I think Veep is is very funny. Here's my problem with Veep. Okay, honestly, since the election, mm-hmm. I have found nothing remotely funny or entertaining about any show that has a an Oval Office, right? You know. But um, I really thought it was funny last year. I yeah. loved when she was the president. And, you know, it's a very well-plotted-out show. So they hit a wall. Valley they hit the Trump wall, though. Stuff. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley has some. And that dude's leaving, right? The one dude. Uh, TJ. TJ. They yeah. just announced he's not coming back. Yeah. So will they continue with that show? Yes. It's coming back. Sans TJ. Just without him. Um, Dick you, Van Dyke show over? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back, I think, right? It's just Dick now. It's just Dick and uh, Alan Brady. That's the last No, no Rose Marie is still alive. No. Is she really? Yes. Yeah. Rose Marie is still alive. Yeah, that's right, because I think she commented on uh-huh. the death of Mary Tyler Moore. Hey, what about... I think the comment was, I won. What about... Rosewell, <laughs> where Rose Marie gets a job in a small radio station in Albuquerque working for Bulldog. I don't hate it. Huh? I'm in. Crossing over? Yeah. Spinoffs? Uh, you, you'll get it on CBS. You wrote a very good blog post about the trailers for some of the comedies that are coming this, this fall. Yeah. Very lazy. What uh, were the, the, what the, were the, the trailers? The two things that, that bothered me, number one is the the quick flip. Hold on one second. Turn off that heater that's right next to it. There's a power button. I kept hearing this noise. It's that. It's toward, toward the front. Bang, you did it. So go ahead. Flip. Let it that out or that'll be No, that's, that's, that's exciting because that's, that's real. Okay. People are like, holy shit, the show went off the rails for a second yeah. there. <laughs> By the time we get to your episode, though, You'll have no heater noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of that terrible doing, white that's noise. That's why we're doing your show first. <laughs> yeah, um, but they'll do the quick flip What's where quick somebody flip? will say, um, you know, you're never going to get me in a dress. Quip, and there he is in a dress. Right. You know, <laughs> don't handcuff me. What am I going to do? Run away? Quick flip. He's running away. And the audience is so far ahead of you. I mean, they've seen the quick flip so many times. And the other thing that bothers me is is just irony, which is supposed to pass 
for punchlines, you know, where lines like, uh, well, that worked out well. Right. You know, <laughs> hey, keep up the good work, fellas. You know, and my feeling is anybody can do that. Right. You know, and if you're a comedy writer, you're supposed to be able to come up with funny lines that other people can't. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and these are the trailers. Usually in the trailers, the best stuff right. is in the trailers. So you're going, if keep up the good work, guys, is a line in the trailer, <laughs> right. then that's that's my line back to you. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what have you seen? I haven't seen it. What are the trailers? What are the new uh, shows? Alex Inc., I believe, was one of the trailers. Who that, is it? Uh, that's the Zach Braff, Matt Tarsus vehicle. Where and he plays the uh, he plays Alex from the podcast startup on Gimlet Media. You know, Gimlet is a podcast network in New York. Gimlet, this, this is a real started, thing. Yes, Gimlet was started uh, by these two guys, Alex. I forget the other guy's name, but they uh, left their jobs in the venture capital world and decided to start a podcast network. And they did a podcast called Startup, where they. We're talking through the getting funding for the network and all that stuff as it was happening. Okay. This podcast has been turned into a television show, and it was not called Startup because there's a show on Crackle called Startup, so they had to change the name. They changed it to Alex Inc. Not to be confused with my wife's book is called, called Startup. Startup, but it's called Startup, a novel. There's a colon. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> is the show a comedy? Yes. And this sounds like shit. My dad says. Uh, in like, the remember sense how they that it came cre- from Twitter and that it, I find that this is probably more fruitful for sitcom because this is more the great indoors with a nicer set. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> what did the great indoors do? Uh, that was set the... at a radio station or a podcast? No, that, that was, was set like in a, 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 a like a LL Bean. Yeah, no, no, it was like a magazine for like a wilderness magazine and. It was all these millennials who worked there, and uh, Stephen Fry somehow was the editor, probably had his paycheck pasted onto his forehead as to why he's doing this thing. And um, and Joel McHale was... Uh, was the guy who didn't like millennials. Yeah. Are they not on the air? No, no, it, 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 got it got canceled. But it was like a whole show, which I don't understand. I mean, I understand CBS saying we want to get shows to attract millennials. Right. But this was a show where they basically dumped on millennials. <laughs> so they wanted so, that audience yeah, to like, yeah, the like, quickest oh, way to their heart. Oh, I'm going to tune in and, and let me watch people make fun of me right. for a half an hour and, and talk That's about how shallow about I am. Conan's show during Comic-Con week because he goes down to Comic-Con right. and everyone's like, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets there, all he does is like, they all live in their parents' basements. Am I right? Am I right? And does those kind of jokes. And people are like, oh, why bother? Like, why would you do that? Why go into the belly right. of the beast and make fun of the beast? Luckily, I've been too busy to ever see those shows. because I, I tuned in when they start doing it because I'm like, wow, he's fucking going to Comic-Con. Yeah. Like, that's smart. But then when I watched him kind of shit on people at Comic-Con, I was like, I don't know how smart that is. But they keep going back. So maybe it's working for somebody. Well, Conan's a giant nerd. As yeah. it is. Yeah. Mostly with Civil he is War. He's a giant stuff. nerd. He's yeah. like 6'10. He's a giant nerd. Yeah, yeah he's Groot yeah. size. I remember meeting him in real life and being like, Jesus Christ, yeah. you're like a fucking lab experiment gone awry. Yeah. And he, he was, was like, you this, too. He was a writer on The Simpsons yeah. when, when I was writing. He wrote on the that monorail show. episode. Yeah. He's a very talented man who I, I, I just, I hope Conan continues 
for a long, long time. But it feels like he's just getting left in TBS land and no one talks about we're just, it. We're, getting, we're touching some fucking hidden depths with you. You're like, may Conan reign for a thousand years. <laughs> if I could, I would allow that to go on. Yes, I would let Conan have a show for till I die. Do you watch any of the late night programming? I watch Colbert. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, right? Yeah. He's great. Were you watching him before he? Y- yes, but now especially. Well, I yeah. I, li- I remember when he made the shift. Everyone was like, "Oh, boo! He's not doing that character," and he doesn't know how to be the eleven thirty guy on CBS. I thought he was still very funny and very clever. I thought he was funny too. Man, oh man, the greatest thing in the world happened to him when he yeah. was able to be like, "Fuck these people!" Right? Because that really defined the show. And same with Seth Will Meyers. Meyers show. Yeah, Seth yeah, Meyers. Seth yeah. Meyers. Yeah. The the uh, a closer look has yeah. been like consistently. Yeah. Will Myers is a baseball player, but yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> on my fantasy team last year. Yeah. Good, good backup third baseman. Yeah. What about the others? Where do you stand on everyone? Uh, else? I'm not a um, a, a Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon fan. Mm. Um, Agreed. It's just you know, I don't know. It's, he recently it's, it's, did you see the article where he apologized? Yeah. Or the interview where he was like. Barely. Where he apologized Barely. Once, or, once he realized that his ratings went in the tank. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's like you want a grown-up running one of those shows, and to me, Jimmy Fallon is like a kid. He's like a wide-eyed kid, and he's very talented, and he does all of his impressions and his silly games and things like that. Mm. But uh, to me, there's there's no real substance to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Jimmy Kimmel. I always have liked Jimmy Kimmel. Mm. Kimmel's great. Jimmy Kimmel's like always the other guy. <laughs> yeah. He's always there, yeah. but he's he's the other guy. That show's yeah. very good, Kimmel. Do you Where watch it, it at all? I don't know. Where does he come in? in the, I don't. Watch, I watch Colbert in the morning when I wake up, and uh, Seth Meyers. Yeah. Uh, the uh, particularly the like a closer look, but the other ones not so much. Yeah. It's hard. There's a lot. I mean, to think about the fact that when you wake up every morning, there could be uh, six hours of television on your DVR to catch up with. It's insane. You yeah, and, and also if you just want to stay. Current. I mean, if you want to stay current, read the actual fucking news. But if you're too lazy to read the news, it's you too can, painful to read the news. That yeah. too. <laughs> you can sift through them, and at least they put it through a filter of like, this is amusing. Um, but they've they've come in handy in the last few months. Yeah, made it a little easier. Made you feel less crazy because you're like, all right, somebody else notices this too. <laughs> yeah, Samantha B is pretty good. She's been great too. Yeah. Um, John Oliver, of course. The thing with John Oliver, I can take like about 10 minutes of John Oliver. Then what happens? Yeah, and then I'm just tired of it. <laughs> 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 then then I, there's just uh, John Oliver fatigue sets in. So he's great on, on clips. You know, I can watch a 10-minute a YouTube You dig him clip. on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. But you and can't get it to the full half yeah, hour. Yeah, it's, it's it's too much. I hear he's that kind of lover as well. Ten minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> he can probably back you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not American, you know. <laughs> what is the uh, what's going on in Goldberg's land? Uh, we just started back. Uh, Explain. Are that they still Jewish? Who- still Jewish this year? We're <laughs> this really- season, yeah. everything changes as yeah. they Leaning switch to Catholicism. It's a crossover in. show with Blackish, where they become <laughs> Jews. <laughs> Sammy Davis. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. So we started uh, last week. We Is got Erica back to the office. Erica's really at college. college? Yeah, really? She's so from here on in. It's We've done a lot of college stories so far. Um, Erica's there. It's hard because we're like, well, we need to find. We need her to play off of someone that we know. Right. So we're just trying to find reasons for Lainey either. She doesn't go to the same college. She does not. She's in uh, Savannah. So she's in Georgia with 
she's uh, Eric is in Atlanta, so it's not conceivably not hard to get those two together. But we're mm. like, well, we need to anchor it with someone. So, you know, we're thinking, well, let's get Beverly to go down and drop her off at college, and maybe she doesn't leave. She hides. Maybe we get, you know, Adam goes for something. And then Erica comes back for something. So it's a lot of the first, like, we've mapped out sort of the first few episodes. And it's a lot of, like, flying and buses. But, you know. To tell the story. Is this, what, season five or six? This is season five. So hard in season five? Uh, For you, this is your first full season? Or was yesterday? Last year was your first full season? Uh, Can you come came at the head of that season? Yeah. August, I was there. Really? Yeah. All right, so this is your second full year. Yep. About to be. Yeah. What what is what do you notice the difference between year four and five? Well, I will say that I feel like college has kind of invigorated us because there's new stories to tell. Oh, there you go. So that's been that's been so great. that's the problem of a sitcom is like well, the, but although never a problem on fucking Frasier, which and never you got the same five characters, the same situation, and they yeah, were grown ups. Yeah. Never yeah. a problem yeah. on cheers. They, yeah, that's the problem you have with kids. Yeah. Unless you're doing an animated series. Right. Right. Did you ever feel like on Cheers was it ever We need a teen. I guess <laughs> I guess whenever they needed a teen they could turn to like Carlos kids or something like that. Right. Yeah. But it just I find that show I find Cheers to be just so well done and just always Fuck, I was anticipating that adjective. We built up to that for a long time. I'm like here it comes. No, just, no, it's just like, so well, very like it just gets like you just you just good. watch it and you're like, ah oh, fuck, how'd they do that? True. Like it's just That's how I feel about Guardians of the Galaxy. I watch them like fuck how they do that. I can't do that. I don't feel that way so much about when they're the Cheer. same show. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is Rocket. Did yeah. you ever Groot have, is Norm? Did you were you ever like God let's get him out of the bar this week or you know, the very first season, we never left the bar. It's crazy. And the problem with that is that things would happen off stage and people have to come back into the bar and tell you what happened. Uh-huh. And it's always better to show it mm. as opposed to telling about it afterwards. Right. So after the first season, in fact, the very first scene that was not in the bar was in uh, Diane's apartment. But yeah, we went out of the bar from time to time. Is that right? That's the very first scene that was never in the bar was in her apartment. Yeah, was that a big day on the on the show? Oh yeah, that was. Should we do it? Do we spend the money and build this set? We're fucking ourselves, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Shows in the bar. I don't know. We got to do it. Well, and at that time too, we weren't getting good ratings. So is that right? Oh, first season of Cheers, we're terrible. We're not only were we losing to Simon and Simon. We well, were getting well, they our, had the theme song. Dude. We were getting our asses kicked by Tucker's Witch on ABC. Never heard of that. Wait, wait, wait. Hold there on. I'm, gonna, I'm digging deep. Hold on. Tucker's Witch. Who is Tucker? And it's Catherine Hicks, and she was a witch who solved crimes. I remember. Whoa. I mean, I didn't watch it, but I remember you when watched that show it. You watched instead right, you of chairs. Me. You got me. You watched. Like, you had a thing for Catherine. This will never work. Yeah. Alcoholics aren't funny. Yeah. And I watched the Witch Show. I was like, <laughs> witches and TV. That yeah. There's a long line of that. I remember she was the chick who was in Star Trek. Remember? <clears throat> well, I mean, probably what, what the what? one with the whales where she. Oh yes, of course, Star Trek they, Four. Yeah, and they gave her a show. Then she was on Seventh Heaven. After that, they gave her a lot of show. They for gave that. her a lot of show for that, and then so. And now hang on. She, this witch that solved crimes, would she use her spells or anything to solve these crimes? I don't know, because I was, was one competitor. of the six people that watched Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> when did that show take off? What was the year? Year two? Year two, we did better because uh, we won the Emmy for show of the year. So mm. people started discovering us. 
and people started watching the reruns over the summer. Year two, we did better, and then year three, Cosby began, and Cosby got like a 50 share. That was the lead-in? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's the old story where, you know, high tide raises all boats. After that, boom, we were like top 10 show, and that's the way we stayed. But that first year, was there, were, there were weeks we were dead last, dead wow. last. And we're sitting in the writing room going, this is our A stuff, you know? It's not like if we stay another half hour, the show, <laughs> right. the show will be better, right. you know? Uh, and It was and, like you guys were news radio. Like news radio never had their birth where they could be discovered by a bunch of people. Yeah. But well, it was like we were strong, on NBC, really comedic stuff. At the time, NBC was doing really poorly. Mm. And uh, so we had that to contend with. Fortunately, Grant Tinker, who came from MTM, was the chairman of NBC at the time. Mm. And he really liked the show and really believed in the show. And there was nothing that they had in development that was any better. So we got picked up for a back nine, even though our ratings were really terrible. And he stuck with us. He stuck with Hill Street Blues. He stuck with Family Ties. Uh, a family lot of, Ties didn't get... No, Family Ties did worse than we did. Really? Yeah, yeah. Family Ties didn't do all that well. Did the they beginning. ever find their groove or... They did. Um, two things with Family Ties. Number one, again, Cosby helped them. Right. And number two, when they realized that the breakout star of that show was Michael J. Fox. Right. You know, so that's, that's when that show started taking off. But yeah, first year, you know, and we were getting like a 19 share. Which was like, which was like, nineteen million people watching that show, and that was, and, and we bad. were going, nobody's watching. We're an underground hit. No one knows this show is on. You see the oh, premiere insane. of Twin Peaks a few weeks ago, five hundred thousand people watched me? it. That's it. Five hundred thousand people. More people. The United States. One of my podcasts. Thirty-eight billion people in the United States. And five hundred thousand people, like Showtime does ratings. Like, uh, yeah, no, it's cable. I mean, they yeah. can pull a rating. Nielsen can pull it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is anybody watched it? No, I haven't watched the new Twin Peaks. Do you watch it yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not have five hundred and one the following week. Uh, but I mean, that's that's staggering to me. Yeah. That's staggering to me that a show with that much hype. Yeah not even draw a million people and so you figure well what about some of the other shows mm. you know it said that they had um still in their premiere went up 178 percent from their other mini series gorillas whatever the hell that was and you figure boy if if 100 so in other words you could get the entire national audience of gorillas and and put them in a fairgrounds, <laughs> right? It's like there's more people at the the Rose Bowl flea market yeah, than than watch that. But that yeah. is, and now like, I don't know, Ray. What is the plus three? That's that's the cum. So that's the. So it's no longer just you get your like that number. That's that five hundred. That's plus three days of people. Who DVR'd it? Was that number yeah. plus three? That five hundred. No, that was five hundred. But when they did the plus three. It went up to 600,000. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Only 100,000 people? Like yeah. that to me felt like, all right, right, I guess we'll DVR it and watch it later. Yeah, right. Wow. Where'd you, is that like a TV by the numbers thing? 
You know, I, I saw it on one of those websites, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's fucked up, man. And they did. They spent a lot of money advertising that. Yeah. With billboards. That Entertainment like Weekly, cover covering everything. Yeah. No one reads. Well, no one reads magazines anymore. That's the other problem. No one's doing. No one's reading. Well, it's maybe there's just too much stuff. That's the problem. There's too much television. A lot of content. There's 500 and. What, 520-something scripted shows on television right now? Yeah, right? something like that. It's insane. One type of show for every type of personality? Exactly. It's just like to be, you know, I think, you know, I count myself as very fortunate, as should my Kevin Can Wait, Sony Compadres, that we're on a network television show that has 22 to 24 episodes a year. That How many, never what's, what's a rating on the Goldbergs? Uh, we do a uh, like three million something like that. With which, so, but that's in the eighteen to twenty. Three million a week, and you've gotten picked up for two years. Uh, eight, that's eighteen twenty five. <laughs> I think the total is like seven, seven and a half, seven and a half. Million. But when you're looking at five hundred thousand people watching Twin Peaks, then you're a massive success. It's a good. What are you guys' numbers? Yeah, eight or nine million people watch it. And what is what's the most watched television now? Like other than a sporting event, like what's a big number? Big Bang Probably theory, Big right? Bang Theory. Yeah. What do they pull? Oh, I think thirty. No, thirty million. No, no. Are you kidding? I think it's like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen million. Look it yeah. up. You have a phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty million now is the is the Oscars. Thirty million now is the American yeah. Idol uh, finale when it meant something to people. Yeah. Right? It's just crazy. I mean, yeah. when you think about how many people watched what the finale of MASH was, what, 90 million? Something like that, yeah. I mean, we were getting on MASH, we were getting 30 million every week. <laughs> we were getting 30 million every week, and we were matter of fact about it. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, 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 Jesus Christ. No one watched the show this week. We, we're down to 28. <laughs> yeah, we lost 2 million people. Oh, well. Yeah, it's it's a different world. Of course, there it was only three networks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the and no irony. And Broadway. No and irony no and no irony. flip jokes. Explain irony. <laughs> Explain irony. What do you mean? Irony, it's... I don't know, how's a how's a really good way of of saying it? It's it's just kind of like putting an attitude towards the line, just kind of giving it a spin, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, it's like I said, uh, you know, gee, that worked out well, right? When and that's obviously it killer. didn't work out well. Yeah, no, and it's just sort of a trope now that is being used over and over. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason, I think, is because there are more single-camera shows and not multi-camera shows. Because you for multi-camera yeah. shows, they're filmed in front of a live studio audience, and you're held accountable for your jokes. You know, if the jokes don't work, mm-hmm. they don't get laughs, then you're out there. Ooh, but going? when you're doing a single-camera show... You can say whatever you want, and if everybody in the room thinks it's funny, then then you can do it. Uh, so I think there's a lot more of that. And also, a flip doesn't really work when you have to stop down and move people and then start up. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the joke, guys. Yeah. I would imagine so. It would be like if you're shooting it live in front of people. 20 minutes later, like, okay, remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, and on MASH, we had to have a laugh track. CBS insisted that we had a laugh track. And but, I would, but very I would, sporadic. It wasn't 
it we would keep it down as much as we could. But, you know, we would say, so they're like bleachers out in the, uh, on the chopper pad. Landing <laughs> <laughs> on the chopper Where pad. People are like, There's bleachers. There's a guy doing warm up. Now, in a couple of minutes, that helicopter is going to come over the mountains. <laughs> I want you all to applaud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did you fight? Did they try to fight the laugh? Oh, yeah, yeah, constantly. And the only concession CBS made was during uh, operating room scenes. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to have, whoa, look at that blood. Audience it's laughing. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's insane, too. Like, the Flintstones had a laugh track. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But then even that makes more sense because they were going for jokes. Whereas yeah. MASH was funny, but there was also like, it's pretty weighty at times as well. And there's a lot more drama in that show right. than in most comedies. Than in a I mean, It'd be hard pressed to call yeah. it a sitcom. Yeah. Would you ever call MASH a sitcom? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah I so? would. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, we would do dramatic shows, but we always tried not to get too heavy. Mm. And we always tried to just have moments, just nice little moments in fact uh, my partner david isaacs and i wrote the last radar show goodbye radar and we purposely structured the show mm. that as he was going to leave casualties arrived so all of the goodbyes were just one two line quick little things we didn't have to do long maudlin speeches right. so that it it kept it moving and for us, the, the great moment of the show is at the very end for the tag when Hawkeye and BJ come back to the swamp and Radar has now left and Radar's teddy bear is on Hawkeye's bunk mm. that he's left his teddy bear to them, right. which also symbolizes that he grew up, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And it was just a really nice moment. Nobody said anything. They just held up the teddy bear and the whole scene's over, you know, 15 seconds. Good night, everybody. Right. (laughs) Wow. Classy. Yeah. When television was classic. Yeah. If you look at the very famous episode of MASH where Henry Blake gets killed. I'm sorry. Spoiler Spoilers. alert. Yeah. Jesus. Spoiler alert. There's a bunch of 12 yeah, year olds out there who are right. like, there goes my summer, man. <laughs> I was binging MASH. 48 year. <laughs> spoiler alert. But if you look at that episode written by Jim Fritzell and Everett Greenbaum, the first 28 minutes of that show is hilarious. It's all the hijinks and uh, goodbye parties and stuff like that. It's hilarious. And then they sucker punch you at the very end with the the scene where Radar comes in and announces that Henry Blake's plane had crashed in the Sea of Japan and there were no, no survivors. survivors. Yeah. And it was just that elegant. So uh, we tried not to be heavy-handed mm. with, with the drama. What would, for you, like if you were in charge of a network and so you could pick any sitcom to put on, including one that you would create... What is what's a sitcom you think is missing right now? My mother, the car. Really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I think is missing is a is a show like Frasier, a, a show that is smart and sophisticated, and there was an audience for that. There was a big audience for that, and I don't think they're being served. Who? What is the most sophisticated show or comedy now? I would say probably mom. I would say yeah. probably mom is the closest to that mm. in terms of being funny, but also being real and kind of dealing with 
real situations. And how does that do? Uh, does very well. Very well. Yeah. It's Chuck Lorre machine. Yeah. That's the Chuck Lorre one? Yeah. 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 That's more. I mean, he's, I think I, Chuck has said that's the most personal to him because of the addiction storyline and all that stuff that they're just dealing with. So that show, you know, they kill people on that show. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Kevin Pollack. Kevin was Pollack on was on that show and passed away. Died. They wrote him right up. That's just a wonderful tool now for writers. What is? Now that we can kill actors. <laughs> <laughs> it makes our lives so much easier. This is so much Dead easier. Dead to me, literally. So much easier. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Now, I had a friend who was working on 24, mm. and they were saying at some point we said, look, we're not going to have anybody left. Come on. <laughs> you know, we're going to keep her, and we got to keep somebody else, too. But yeah, they would, you know, bump off people who, who gave them problems. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, in Goldberg's world, uh, yeah. the, the, and it's not Goldberg's world, but Adam world, Imaginary Mary? Uh, not coming back. Not coming back? Nope. Um, what was the thing? What ha- were you? You didn't work on the show, but is it near you guys? Like same production offices or whatever? Yeah, yeah. We're they were a floor below us, and David Gracia, who was the co-creator of that show, he's uh, he's come back to join us. So we so have him in the he room. Went off to do that Mary, show, yeah. and then now is back because there was no yeah. more Mary. Well, he came back last year at the end of the year uh, because he was done with post on Mary, and then he was back in the room. Does one know that a show is going away before it goes away, or they find out when we no, find out? No, you find out when everybody else finds out. I mean, maybe like two hours before everybody hits deadline, right. you'll find out. But yeah, so, you know. it's. it's oh, man, it's you knew that that show 11 minutes into the premiere, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ratings-wise, yes. Yeah. But, you know, what were the ratings? Uh, not, 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 not great, good. no. What about Downward Dog? Downward Dog, I keep hearing uh, great things about it. It was a premise with which I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is going to be a television show." Mm. I haven't seen it, but the people that have that I've talked to that have watched it have said that it's very, very un ABC and very like indie film comedy kind of situation. I haven't watched it. Has anyone watched it? You're smirking. Like, uh, do you hate it? Do you guys not like it? What's happening? Who likes it? Yeah, Uh my daughter hated it, and you liked it. My son-in-law liked it. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you guys. And they're pros. You guys are pros, so you know wherever you speak. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Is your problem (laughs) same deal? Is your problem just the dog that talks? Is that? No, I found it sad and entirely. Oh, sad. Yeah. Well, then that would make it an indie film. That would make it an indie comedy. Good indie film. Yeah. 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 Do you enjoy indie films as a rule? I do. But, you know. but when you're expecting a half hour with a talking dog, you want to laugh. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. It's literally that's if a do- if a dog is gonna talk, you better have fucking punchlines. <laughs> that's the way I look at the it. The dog does talk on the show. Dog talks in the show. Is yeah. it like you look at the dog and you hear his thoughts, or they does move the dog's, the dog's mouth? mouth? No, you hear his thoughts. Yeah. So it's like, look who's talking, but with the dog. Well, which that, they did that would once. be look who's, look who's talking. talking two, was not it two? Oh no, two was just a second baby. Three the third was, one, yeah, they added the a dog. Where do they go from there? The dog talks to the audience. Yeah, so you don't. The world knows that there's no talking dog in the world. Right, but they, but so they, it's a sitcom, and the dog comments on it. Although it's not a sitcom because it's sad. The dog is, <laughs> is what you're saying. The dog is narrating from the dog's point of view. 
And is he depressed? Is that the downward part? He's not happy. Is there like, is there yoga? Is there yoga at any point? Well, that's a problem for me. You know, there was a pilot. You can look this up on YouTube, and I don't know the title of it, but there was a pilot. It's like 1979, the Norman Lear's company did, which basically was people, actors, in dog suits. <laughs> Norman Lear, this is the guy, okay. you know, all in the family. And these were, it's like the life of dogs. And you had, you know, Broadway actors in dog suits. And, you know. Oh, like, cats is killing on Broadway. Why don't we have dogs? Yeah. <laughs> and and this thing is just like jaw dropping. It's it's just they appalling. They just piloted. They never went beyond pilot. Yeah. Yeah, that was but when Norman Lear was drunk with power. I, He's I like, if I can make Maud, I can make dogs. I can right. make dogs. This yeah. dog's gonna have an abortion, <laughs> and that episode's gonna be huge. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah wow. They're, they're, so even someone like cuter than uh, Maud, but I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, be. Yeah. Even someone like uh, like uh, what's his face could have a misstep. Oh yeah. Well, there's a lot of of producers who have had huge missteps wild swings and misses do you remember a steven bochco show called cop rock of course yes. yeah of course the a musical cop show that was a musical where they broke into song yes yeah and that was the kind of thing where the audience if you have seen the original movie of Mel Brooks, the producers, right. when they're doing the springtime for Hitler scene and there's a shot of the audience and everyone is just sitting there like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Yeah, that was uh, that was Cop Rock. And that was him at the height of his powers, yeah. I guess, like uh, like what he, he had, um, Hill Street prior yeah, to Yeah, like that. Hill Street Blues and uh And even Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser was pushing and- it, wasn't it? Where he was just like, boy, doctor. Let's yeah. see if I can make this work. And yeah, but there was work. a certain charm to that show. I mean, you know, nobody broke out into song. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it didn't last till years later. And then Neil Patrick Harris can't be stopped from. When are they going to do song. the musical episode of the Goldbergs? Uh, my guess would be not anytime soon. When is mom going to get uh, her long-awaited bat mitzvah? Huh? <laughs> we uh, I we want shared we, credit on that. We by the way, we mentioned uh, Erica's bat mitzvah in mm. the finale episode that you directed, Kevin. Yeah. yeah, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh wow, we threw that in, huh? We sometimes steer. That was a long. We steer clear of Judaism. We 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 don't want to shove it down anyone's throat episode. because you know Adam grew up very. He was Jewish, but he just. He never had to do anything about it. He was Star Wars Jewish. <laughs> he was Star Wars Jewish. I noticed the big Lobster Fest episode you guys had. Yeah, uh, we did. We did a lot. We did. We did a big Red Lobster run in there. Anyway, that was it. Was true. We did. We did a Red Lobster. Run. It was a very long, over long episode. Script was it was a very long, almost episode. double the length of an average. Well, that's script. because we were writing it while you guys were shooting it, and you did thirteen pages one day, which is they gave me the edit. They're like, "Do you want to edit it? Do you want to take a pass?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, it's." It's like 50 minutes long. Do you really want me to edit it? Because I'll get you to 22 real easy. And they're like, well, <laughs> Adam likes to do that. And then I was like, well, then don't offer me the edit. <laughs> it's kind of a complete waste of my time, don't you think? But uh, I like what he did. Like, yeah. you know, the stuff he chose. Got was, everything in there. Great. Yeah. Got all the storylines. A little, little bit of everything. Tied up. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's, a long, it's a long haul. So, you know, we're just, I was happy to have a three-day weekend. 
given only having been working one week. <laughs> what? Uh, how many episodes will they have scripted before you go shoot? Before you start shooting? I think our goal is to hopefully have between ten and fourteen. Before the season even begins. Before we start shooting. That's ambitious as fuck. No, it's it twenty-two episodes. When so you film a show on more. that, mm-hmm. how many days a week do you film? Five. They do five. It's days. five days. We occasionally, we'll get a sixth day. Do you have a do. table reading and rehearsal or anything? Do or? a table read, uh, which happens usually in pre pre-production, but right before the prep week starts uh usually kevin's kevin was on our crunched end of year schedule i I miss both table readings so in other words so you do a table reading prior to shooting yep and then if you're shooting say monday through friday Mm -hmm. monday morning cameras roll yes okay and they roll with if let's say there's it's not a heavy note situation and, and and the table read went well uh great they start but if it's a situation where we have to fix some stuff or write some stuff, we make sure we have at least scenes that we're happy with that can then go to the set on Monday, and then the script gets. And then, how many spent. weeks do you uh, are you in production before you take a hiatus? Uh, the first hiatus week, I think we do f- every four weeks. There's a hiatus week. Do you have any pickup days? We do. We Built schedule in. those in. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, the real sort of crunch comes if we have a lot of stuff off the lot. If we're doing a lot of stuff at the house, or if we're doing a lot of stuff like at right. a tennis court or something, then those days get to be. So, crazy. when do you start uh, production and when do you end? We start production. The last week of July is pre-production for the first episode. Right. And then we will be theoretically done with the 22 episodes March 2nd. Okay. When we did MASH, uh-huh. we did 25 episodes from July 4th to Christmas. <laughs> Are you shitting me? We were on a four-day schedule. Unbelievable. The first day Your season was, was done at Christmas? Yep. Yep. 25 episodes. And that's with all the stuff at the ranch and everything else. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, what we did was... Uh, I can't even speak. A table reading and then... What did you a do day, for the rest of the year? Table Talk about reading next season? And we spent a lot of time doing pre-production because once we got into the season, it was a sprint. It was insane. But we would have a table reading and then we would rehearse on the stage uh-huh. and we would go to all of the scenes and make whatever changes. Then we would shoot for three days. That's it. One of the three would be out at the ranch. Uh-huh. So we'd be shooting like eight, nine pages a day. And then then on Friday, we start another show. And we would do that. We would go eight episodes, hiatus week, seven episodes, a hiatus week, eight and seven, and finish the year on Christmas. Wow. Yeah. So could you conceivably go work on another show after that was done? I guess oh, there were we no were mid-season so, oh placements so or anything out. like that. There was the one season, season seven, my partner David and I pretty much wrote the whole year. We were fried by the end of that year. Did you drive off, off the lot at the last shot and just not come back to California? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was oh crazy. It was crazy. What is the so back? So you guys are all pussies doing your five know, day crazy. shooting. Apparently. Jesus, I had no idea. I had Everything no got idea. soft. <laughs> what? Um. Wow. So, 
like when you're doing something like that, what do you do with the off time? Just vacay? Just no. Uh, well, we would we would come in around March, and we spent a lot of time doing all of the stories. You mentioned how you yeah. wanted to have all of those scripts in production already. Same thing. We wanted to have like half the season ready to go before we even started because the lead time is like pac-man you know yeah it just is on your ass just eating up that lead time and then again you know there'll be a day of rain which fucks something up or an actor is sick and out for two days and now you're juggling scenes and you know you're moving stuff around and uh yeah it was it was insane. Would you start the room? Would you and David go in first and sort of start and yeah. then bring the room in? Yeah. It wasn't much of a room. It was a very small room yeah. at the time. Yeah. We would spend a lot of time going through research and coming up with the stories. And on MASH, we would have at least two, sometimes three stories in every episode. And they always dovetailed and they always had to sort of end together. So, uh, yeah, it was... You know, we worked our ass off uh, that that period of time. What was a room? How big was a room then? Uh, four. Wait, what's a room? <laughs> How many you got in Goldberg? Is like? uh, 15. 15 people. Yeah, thereabouts. All of them got to get paid. As far as I know. <laughs> what about Kevin Can Wait? How many people in the room? Do you feel like the original porn star <laughs> you know like coming from the short staff big episodes like doing it in a way that the kids today can't ah they yeah they have no idea back in the days when we did it you know in the paul mall of comedy hour in 1943 <laughs> no. um no yeah we had uh very small staffs uh the first year of cheers was the charles brothers and me and my partner david that was the whole staff Four people. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All that comedy came from four people. Yeah. Were you guys credited on all the scripts from the first year, or would you have freelance? No, we would have freelance people do them. And we wrote a bunch ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we wrote five ourselves that first year. Um, But that's just kind of the way it was. You know, there was more opportunities for freelance writers back then. Right. Now... You know, it's hard to give out a freelance assignment. You don't have any freelance assignments, do you? No, if we do, they go to our writer's assistants. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so it's it's very difficult to, uh, you know, to break in the way we did. I mean, especially when you're on a show that goes, you know, a few years, it becomes very top-heavy. So you have a lot of EPs that are, you know, a lot of their contracts are like three guaranteed scripts. So then if you have five EPs that are getting three scripts each, that's already 15 that are spoken for. You have the rest of the staff and then... So it's hard, you know, you can't just pick up a freelance episode of the Goldbergs if you want to. Kevin Indie film. Yeah, world, which dude. is, which is, because I'm Indie wondering why they haven't called, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if I ran the show, I'd fucking give you three. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you let me write one and Kevin can direct it? I love it. It's a great plan, right? I'm in. Um, all right. So this is the first of a two parter. This is where we hand off. To Ken's show. Yeah. Um, so if you want to continue following the conversation, what are we going to talk about next? Tell him. Give him a We're going to talk about you and your process in writing and directing. Done and done. Beautiful. I have none whatsoever. Hollywood and Levine. 
Head over there, kids. Head over to Hollywood and Levine and start uh, listening to the rest of this. Hit the subscribe killer button. Killer conversation. We can bring your, your kids into the next one. I would like to I, talk I have, about. Uh, I, yeah, I have had. They, my kids they're working in sitcom world. Yeah. We should talk to them. All we got yeah. is this fucking dude to talk to. Sorry. He's obviously <laughs> got a very spoiled, pampered position <laughs> <laughs> that is not indicative of the sitcom experience. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, um, I don't have to go to Long Island. Yeah, good point. I have to drive to Culver. <laughs> Um, it is Long Island a, is better. <laughs> it's a it's a celebration, folks. A podcast crossover event. Uh, jump over to Hollywood and Levine, and you'll hear the rest of this. For talk salad and scrambled eggs, I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Matt Myra, and to take us out, here's the man himself. Frazier has left the building. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.